0: If you're a dedicated listener to this podcast, you know by now that I am battling cancer. Yes, I am still battling cancer, even after having surgery in May. And that had me thinking here, and not about the cancer, not about the surgery. Well, maybe about the surgery. How come I haven't talked about monitoring hospital systems on the podcast yet? I mean, what else am I going to do in the hospital except sit there and have my cheeks hanging out? So let's talk about scanning hospitals today on the podcast. All units 10 3. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed suspects are armed and are firing at police. Secure on the air. Suspects with signal 10, building fire, headquarters. Northwest Equipped Fire Department, 1000 North Broadway, North Park Drive, North Albany. Multiple explosions coming from 661. Unable to get any any out except for 667. Automatically go to a thermal alarm. All right. So as I said at the beginning of this podcast episode here in the pre-roll, yeah, I recently had an overnight stay in a hospital, and I got to be honest with you, I slept most of it. Right, uh, it's what happens when you have anesthesia. You just you just knock out and, and you enjoy life for a little bit until you start coming off of things and then things hurt. Then you're in pain, and that's kind of what happened to me. I got up at three o'clock in the morning and I was awake. The anesthesia finally wore off, <laughs> and, and I watched TV for an hour and uh, got out with my day at five o'clock like I normally do. But I was out of reach from my scanner. Yes. I brought a scanner radio in the hospital with me, figuring, hey, you know, while I'm in this hospital bed here, recovering, waiting for the doctors to poke me and prod me and look at things, and before I got discharged, yeah, I was going to snoop on the doctors and the staff and get a feel for what was happening around me that I couldn't get access to because I was stuck in a bed, but that didn't work out that well, but you know what? I planned to listen and it just didn't happen for me because I was in too much pain. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, again, where the eyes are bigger than your appetite. I planned ahead for this, but I didn't really think of the fact that, yeah, life's going to stink for a while. I'm not going to feel like scanning. But scanning for hospital systems is more than just ambulances. It's more than just helicopters. It's something that we should really plan for, to be honest with you, right? Right? Because, I mean, let's just go this way. Let's just talk about and knock out the low-hanging fruit first. And we're going to talk about the ambulances and helicopters. And we're going to move on from there, okay? Because I want to get that out of the way. Because when we think about ambulances and hospitals, they go hand in hand. We think about med flights and hospitals, they go hand in hand. But we don't think about what else is happening behind the scenes at a hospital that usually requires a lot of radio traffic. So here in the U.S., for the longest time, we had 10 UHF channels that were called MedCom channels. And these channels would be used for a variety of different reasons. You could have them being used for telemetry or for ambulance-to-hospital-specific simplex information. You could have had them being used for a, a dispatch or even... For the hospital and the ambulance to talk with Medcom, basically is what we called it here in our county, where the ambulance can report in that they're in route coming into a hospital. same holds true for helicopter rides, right? We call them aviation or an airlift, Med flight. they go by different names here. there's even private med flight companies that are out there. And again, these are ways of not only getting dispatched, but also knowing what's happening. And a lot of times, too, if we are lucky enough, we may be able to listen to MedCom channels. So, what kind of stuff would you hear on those? You may hear non-identifying information regarding the patients. You're not going to get a name, you're not going to get social security numbers, you're not going to get anything like that. But what you would get, basically, is the type of injury, the vitals, and any kind of medication request that they're looking for. For example, you may hear the local fire department, the local ambulance company, or the local police department come on and say, this is ambulance number 12345 en route to county medical center looking for triage. Or And they will leave it basically at that. And of course, Medcom will come back and say, okay, ambulance 1234, go ahead with your traffic or your message or what, what you want to do. And they will say, well, I have a 50-year-old male on board right now with a gunshot wound to the leg, blood pressure is elevated at, give me numbers here, X over Y, oxygen level is 98%, and the status of the patient, maybe they're combative, maybe they are unconscious, maybe they uh, started an IV, and maybe they're going to request a triage team if they need one, Right. They may also say they have a diabetic or they have somebody who's uh, in a, um, they're going through anaphylactic shock and they're looking for medications to help stabilize the patient that is on board, right? They may have to call in for a doctor and, and get that kind of information. And those are the kinds of things you could hear on a medical control channel or frequency. Now, again, I don't know how things were by you, but over here, when COVID was a big deal, a lot of the ambulances would call in to MedCom and say, I have a COVID-positive patient on board or I have a patient on board who has family members that are COVID-positive positive, or is in a house with COVID-positive people, and they would direct the ambulances over to a certain triage area where a staff or a doctor would come out to the hospital clear the patient or not clear the patient, and then direct them over to a bay, right? And when I say clear a patient or not clear a patient, I basically mean that they could go to the triage center for a normal patient, or they would go in as a COVID patient. So there's a lot of things that we can hear on these MedCom channels. Now, again, we have to remember, too, that these might be the old school way of doing things, the older ways, right, the analog ways, and it may not just be on these 10 frequencies anymore, Right. We could be listening to a lot of these medical calls on a trunked radio system. I know my county now, instead of going over the Med 9 or Med 10 channel, they go over the county trunk system. Now, it used to be for a while, too, that neighboring uh, departments in the, ad- in the adjacent county wouldn't have access to our county's system. So they would still r- retain operations on Med 9 and Med 10 with the, with the hospital system. Now, my neighboring county also has their own trunk radio system, and they also talk to, well, you guessed it, the hospitals on their own trunk radio system. So it's very important to know where exactly you're going to find some of these medical channels, and you may find them, again, on Radio Reference be the best place to look, and look for hospitals or medical dispatch or medical tech or something like that for some information as to where to program into your scanner in order to find out what to listen to. Now, again, it's routine kind of stuff. But also, it's very important to, like, I like to listen to it because I don't have access to our local police department here. They're encrypted. Somehow, somebody decided not to encrypt the MedCom channels, which is great. By you, they might be encrypted. Now, I like them because it gives you an idea of what's happening. So if you have a mass casualty situation, you can know what's going on. If there's a car accident or if you know they're landing a helicopter or or something like that, kind of gives you an insight to how bad things were that required that kind of information. So all in all, yeah, these are one of those things that I keep on a scanner. I don't necessarily listen to it all the time, but I listen to it quite a bit. And it's just something that stays quiet, and it comes up, and then it goes quiet again. So, again, you never know what you're going to hear. You may even find out, too, that a baby was born on board. Always cool to hear something like that over the scanner. And, again, listening to the medical channels is pretty much where you're going to find that information. But there's more to hospital scanning than just listening to medical situations, emergencies, and stuff like that. Hospitals have or could have their own communication system. And it's very important to understand how they work ahead of time. And we're going to talk about that in the other side of this break. So again, if you're a Patreon supporter at the $3 or a month level, you don't get this upcoming break. And you can help support us by going to scannerschool.com Patreon, where not only can you help us by pledging a monthly or yearly contribution to us, but you also get rewarded with early podcast episodes. You can get sticker packs. And again, once we settle ourselves back into a life beyond cancer and what we're going through now, yes, we are going to resume our monthly Patreon-only discussions. We'll catch you all in just one second chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or ScannerMaster, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel, you can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pagers are a great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. All right, so hospitals can have their own communication system. Why put them in your radio? Why listen to them now? And also, what we need to understand here. So some of us live close enough that we can listen to a hospital all the time. I'm in walking distance, more or less. I wouldn't want to walk it. But if I had to and push to shove, I could walk to my closest hospital. I have hospital uh, that's, that's 10 minutes away. I got one that's 20 minutes away. I got one that's about 30 minutes away. And it's all due to population, right? It, it's what it all comes down to. New York City has got tons of hospitals all over the place. So if you're in close enough range to a hospital, it could be something different to listen to. But... What happens if you have to go because, without warning, a family member needs to go to a hospital for an emergency room visit? I think we've all been there before. We've all been in the waiting room, waiting around, or we've been bedside, waiting with our family member. A hospital visit is a lot of sit back and wait, hurry up and wait, right? You gotta wait for the doctor to come in and see you, and you gotta wait for the test to be ordered. You gotta wait to be carted up to have the test done. You have to wait for the test revo- results to come in. Then you have gotta wait for the doctor to review the test results. And You have to wait for the doctor to talk to be at the test results. Then you have to wait for the next test to be ordered. Something can take easy, right? Six hours, maybe, in a hospital. I mean, we recently dropped my wife off at a hospital locally at nine o'clock at night or eight thirty at night and I wasn't able to go back and pick her up until 2.30 in the morning, right? Yeah, I didn't stick around for that one. (laughs) Sorry. But it's not because I'm cruel or anything like that, that. but I was also recovering from surgery, and I was going through my own issues at the time. So, without warning, right? You go to the hospital. There's nothing for you to do, except keep your family member occupied. But maybe even then, you're in a waiting room. I think at that point, if you bring a scanner radio with you, it gives you something to listen to. It gives you something to keep you entertained, right? So it's always good to have a hospital, your closest hospital at least, programmed into your scanner radio. Now, we have to remember, again, hospital systems are different. And they could change at any moment because they're, they could get grant money or they could get just something happens. I know my local hospital here, they went from an analog system and then all of a sudden they were DMR. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But again, what can we listen to? What should we expect to be able to hear while we are on the grounds of the hospital? Because some of these hospitals, too, they have a low-powered system. So you may hear stuff like maintenance, right? There's a problem with the HVAC system. There's there's an issue with the plumbing in in this room here or whatever else it might happen to be. We need more beds. We've got dirty linens, right? So-and-so didn't get their dinner. So-and-so got the wrong dinner. You may hear security. Now, again, security would be somebody at the front desk. It could be somebody escorting a contractor up to the roof, right? I know when I worked for a local paging company, we had to stop by security and be escorted up to the radio room. That happens. I've also ended up getting off at the wrong floor at the elevator and found out the doors don't have handles on it because it's really an entrance only, and they withhold you until you're discharged, so to speak. So security had to verify that I was who I said I was so I can leave that ward, so to speak. But you may also hear kind of bulletins that come over the air, such as code alerts, code blue, code amber, code yellow, code black, code red. It's very important to know what those codes are, and you can kind of guess what they are by listening to them, right, and picking up things. Also, if you walk around the hospital because you're bored, you may see a couple of placards up that announce what kind of codes these are. Take a picture of them so you know what they are. You may also get, again, helicopter alerts, right? Staff required to the helipad or something like that. So where do you find information about the hospitals that you are going to go to? Well, you could find them usually under radio reference under businesses. But the last hospital that I stayed at wasn't even listed. I I couldn't believe it. Major hospital system in New York City wasn't even on radio reference. So I went on to antennasearch.com and I did a search for the hospital that I was staying at. And I put the location of my search pinpointed on the address for the hospital. And I came up with thousands of results. Again, New York City, three-mile radius. Come on. It's ridiculous. So from there, I looked at all the licenses that were addressed to that hospital network. And I went on the FCC database, on the ULS, and I started putting in the call signs for that hospital or the name of the hospital. And from there, I could narrow down the expired licenses, the microwave links, and even the frequencies that weren't even directly for the location I was looking at or being or I would be staying at. So from there, I programmed all the frequencies I could find into my TRX-1. I set them up different ways. I set them up as analog only. I set them up as digital only. And then I set them up as a DMR system. And I had a feeling that there was going to be DMR activity at the hospital. So How did I verify this? Well, I quickly turned on my radio while I was in the hotel room the day prior. And I had to get right next to the window. Now, even though I was less than a 10-minute drive from the hospital itself, being in the hotel, or I guess because it was such a low-power system, I was having a hard time actually picking up the hospital from the hotel room. But I was able to pick up what sounded like maintenance and security. I didn't log anything in the radio reference because I couldn't verify any logical channel numbering order in the system. I just wasn't able to pick it up that long in order to see what was going on. Plus, I really wasn't in the mood at that time to be decoding a brand new trunk system for myself. So here's what we have to remember here. Look at radio reference, look at hospitals under businesses, if you can't find anything there, go to antennasearch.com and put the address of the hospital in and see what licenses or frequencies pop up. From there, go to the FCC website if you are in the U.S. And also, same holds true for the antenna search. I think it's only U.S.-based searches. But again, gives you something to listen to. Don't forget, right? Many hospitals may be encrypted. Many may not be. Some may be a simple analog repeater. Some may be DMR. Again, my local hospital here to me is actually a single-channel DMR system that operates over multiple frequencies. Yeah, so it's basically, I guess, one conventional repeater with an overflow to a second one. No control channel, no nothing. But when you program it in as a single-channel DMR system with both frequencies in there, it works great. Another thing to remember, too, is check FRS and similar types of frequencies, business bands, MURS. Because the valet that they may hire may not be part of the hospital system. They may be their own separate entity and they may use their own radio system a la FRS. Now, as a bonus here, we have to remember that many... Things, forms of communications in hospitals may happen off of a VoIP system. I was very impressed when I was in the hospital last time because instead of having radios or pagers, they actually had something that clipped to the lapel and it paged the doctor or the staff basically in real time and they could voice activate the system to acknowledge the call, to answer the call, or to put the call on hold. So that was pretty neat that they were able to do that. So there wasn't really a way of paging the nursing staff, but Pagers are still very popular in many hospital systems. And you may find on POCSAG paging networks, primarily owned by the hospital or at least through major carriers, that you find some information across there. Now, I am speaking off of knowledge I've gained while working for a paging system many, many years ago. And we had to use very expensive equipment to verify that the system was working. And part of that test was to decode legally the information that was coming over the POXAC network. This would allow us to see if we had any bit errors or anything else that was happening over the system. Now, while we look at the system, we can see the kind of information that comes across a medical system, such as we need clean sheets, we need bed, we need medical transport. Those kinds of things are over an alphanumeric paging system. Now, taking the knowledge that I've learned while on the job on a paging system, I know that Pagers are still used today for the exact same reason. Now, there's software out there that can monitor a POG SAG system. Now, being that it's legal to discuss or use or do in North America, I'm not going to lead horses basically to water and make them drink. But I will tell you that if you have an SDR receiver and software like PDW, the ability for you to do this at home is an option. That, that's all I'm going to say about it. So all in all, scanning hospitals can be rewarding. It can help you pass the time. And it can give you something different to listen to. Again, like any other business, you never know what you're going to hear. You never know what kind of chatter or side talk. Or you may hear something like, the power went out and they had to fire up the generators. They could have somebody crazy running around you know, the emergency room. I know my wife was last in a hospital. That's exactly what happened. They had somebody that was in the ER. They said they didn't want to be there anymore. And then security had to come and make sure that person sat there. <laughs> okay. So these are some crazy things that you can hear while scanning a hospital network. If you've never scanned hospitals before, I, I, I really recommend trying. It's something, again, something different to listen to. And that's the point of this conversation right now is to kind of, I wasn't thinking about this until I had my own stay in a hospital. So before you have to stay in a hospital, put this in your radio. Give it a go. Let me know what you find and discover close to you. Go to Scannerschool.com Discord to join our Discord community and share what you are listening with the rest of the Nerd's community. Again, Scannerschool.com Discord. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrak, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robbs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Brian King, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Denny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junkmail, Kaycock, Barry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxton, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B. Jim Heinrich, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Pilts, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.